As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Surround yourself with like-minded people who have found success in these industries. Never turn away from the opinions that are given freely. As a loyal Best Ever listener, you know that it's important that we as entrepreneurs focus on managing our time effectively, which is why we're always looking for ways to automate the basic duties of our business so that we can focus more time on our money-making activities. That's why I want to introduce you to Rentler.com. At Rentler, landlords and property managers can perform all their duties in one place. Rentler offers tools that allow you to automate tasks like listing a unit for rent, finding and screening tenants, collecting rent, and managing the maintenance requests. And even better, these tools are offered at zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever to get started today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Sam Sharp, how you doing, Sam? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well as well, and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Sam. He is the Executive Vice President of National Sales at Guaranteed Rate. He's funded over $1 billion with a B, $1 billion in loans. He specializes in highlighting various strategies to ensure clients secure the best financing options, and he's based in Chicago, Illinois. With that being said, Sam, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, and actually we're getting closely now just up over one and a half billion. So I, I look forward to crossing the threshold on the two billion marker here. It's a goal of mine to reach in the next, actually, if I have anything to do with it, probably by the end of next year. So I've been in the industry now for just over 16 years, been working heavily with purchase production, as you know, in the mortgage finance world. Now I work with residential financing. So I help people purchase residential homes up to a four unit property. And as probably most of our listeners would know, financing has two main facets. One is the refinancing. A lot of people in the business will look to just refinance their loan to improve their status. And other people look towards purchasing homes. So obviously help someone buy their home or you can help them adjust their financing on their home. I started out in the industry and I immediately was drawn towards purchase. That's because I realized that if I helped someone buy their home, chances were that I'd have a good chance to help them refinance their home later on if there was ever a benefit. So 
I focused on this, working with a lot of first-time homebuyers, things of like that. And then, of course, as you start to progress in your career, this led me in to come in contact with a lot of investors. Not only am I myself an investor and do I buy investment properties and invest in real estate, but I obviously now come in contact with a lot of individuals. So I've kind of sharpened the tools in the shed, if you will, try and help individuals go through and learn how to maximize their investment, how to leverage our cash, how to go through and obtain financing in a lot of cases from a more out-of-the-box perspective. What can they do that might help them overcome some of the restrictions? So there's, at the end of the day, there are going to be lending guidelines and restrictions that will keep some people from qualifying for a loan. So my goal is to figure out, well, how do we look for any options that are available? How do we navigate through those channels that are still open to help people obtain money, which of course is beneficial because residential money tends to be the cheapest money available. So mm-hmm. that's why a lot of people will, will turn to me for my services. And best ever listeners, just a little bit of background. I met Sam at Bree Smith and John Kasem's conference. What was it? Midwest Real Estate Investing Summit in Chicago. So I sat next to him and we have some mutual friends and they spoke highly about Sam. So I was like, hey, I'd love to have you on the show and that's how we got connected. So I have a little bit of context with what you do, but not a lot because we didn't talk a lot about your business. So I guess what would be helpful since we're primarily real estate investors on the show is to give maybe a case study. Let's start out with a case study of an example of someone you've helped and what their situation was as an investor and the challenge and what the solution you all came up with. Sure. And I have a, a few different examples I could give you. I would like to use something that's more immediately relevant, basically more recent. One of the things we look to do is we try to figure out how can someone obtain as many financed properties as possible using residential financing. So clients will come to me and figure out how do I get into purchasing this property with a lower down payment and how do I continue to repeat that? So I focus my efforts on looking at options that will help a client go through and purchase a property and put as little down, obviously. And then what will be their option for the next two, three, four, five properties as they look to, to move forward. So I have a client right now who was looking to come into our market and wanted to purchase a unit. They're going to live in the property. So they're going to buy a four unit property. They want to live in one of the units and then they're going to rent the other three out. Now they own another property. So they were going to look to go through and set this up so that they can look to obviously move in and continue their investing. Well, We have a conventional loan program that will allow someone to purchase with as little as 5% down on a four-unit property. Conventional financing be advantageous because we'll allow for a competitive interest rate, lower mortgage insurance, and of course, you can have that mortgage insurance removed. So when someone puts less than 20% down on a property, they encounter PMI. So we always want to look to, to look at that PMI, which is private mortgage insurance. We want to look to figure out when can we eliminate that because that's a, an added expense. We can improve their return on their investment by going through and eliminating that. So client wanted to look to see how could they take advantage of this. Well, unfortunately, one of the caveats with that loan program is that you cannot own another property. So when you're going through, if you own another property, you immediately, now you can no longer use the 5% down conventional loan. And that's why my focus is usually to try and guide my clients to start with this type of loan. When I work with investors here in Chicago and they're looking towards moving towards that multi-unit platform, and again, up to four units, I'll talk to them about looking to use this type of financing first because that's the only time they can do it. Once they own a property, they're in a position where they no longer qualify. Well, in this case, 
I have two borrowers who are looking to purchase. And we started looking at it and let's just say one buyer could qualify without the other one, but that was the buyer who already had a property in their name. Mm -hmm. So what we ended up doing, we were able to set up and facilitate a transaction where the other borrower, we set it up to where they purchased that property from the first more qualified borrower because we'll call them the co-borrower here to try and keep this kind of clear. I don't want it to be confusing, but Mm -hmm. the co-borrower ended up buying the property from the borrower and we used equity from the property as their down payment. We were able to use a gift of equity. So they didn't even have to go through and use any down payment. We just basically rearranged our financing. So now our co-borrower had a property in their name, but my primary borrower did not. Now they're able to go through and they can look to purchase that property. They're buying that property with 5% down. So I was able to restructure, you know, even though sometimes someone might've looked at that and been like, oh, I'm sorry, but you own a property, you can't qualify. I looked and said, okay, well, how can we try to rearrange your debt so that you could qualify? After we've done that successfully now, what happens, they purchase that property with 5% down and after they've been there for a year, well, now they can look to buy another multi-unit and this time go through and use FHA financing. FHA financing is a government insured financing that also allows for a lower down payment. So in this case, it's actually even lower than conventional, 3.5% down. So when I work with the client, they look to utilize that first conventional loan was 5% down because again, if they own another property, if they were to use FHA first, then they couldn't use this option. We have to go through and we have to stay in order as far as how we use these loan programs. So I structure this with my clients. These guys are now going through and they're purchasing with a 5% down. They'll buy their next property with FHA, which allows 3.5% down. FHA doesn't have any restrictions on either of them owning any other property. So now we're able to put them both back on the next property together so that they can continue to qualify without any type of restrictions or if we start to need the income from the co-bar or things of that nature, it's not a problem. So we're able to now go through and I've helped them effectively leverage eight and a half percent to get into two properties, which range up to about a million and a half dollars between those two properties, actually closer to one seven. So they've been able to leverage eight and a half percent to get up to about 1.7 million. And They'll look to move forward after that and they'll be able to actually move on and they could purchase a single unit now and go back through. And if they were going to occupy that property, because sometimes investors decide they may not want to live with their tenants anymore. Now they're going through and they're able to use that and they're able to go through and purchase using conventional financing again with as little as 3% down. So now if you're following the math on that, that's 11.5% into basically if you use the loan limits for conventional and FHA financing, that's about $2.1 million that they put in their portfolio with only 11.5% into it. So that's a really good example of how I've helped someone recently who at face value did not qualify for this type of strategy. We restructured what they were doing. We got them into line to qualify and now they're well on their way to moving on towards their next property. So hopefully that gives you a good example. Did you diagram that out for the investor to say, hey, trust me on this. Here's the approach. I have not. I'll be honest. I didn't have any type of written diagram. It was just a verbal conversation and more of a plan of attack. I do spend a lot of time with my clients, speaking with them and trying to conceptualize and verbalize those concepts and to make sure that they have a good understanding. But I did a pre-recorded video on how to do this. And now I'm actually going through and we're having that translated into not exactly a PowerPoint you know, type of thing, but more of a written illustration. So it's not something that I've done, but it's something that I'm doing right now. You mentioned earlier you have sharpened your tools now as it relates to working with investors. What are some other types of 
challenges that you've come across with investors in a solution or solutions to those challenges? Sure. To give you a few examples. So right now, again, keep in mind, most of my focus is on how we can use cheap money and that being generally through conventional methods of financing. So conventional financing has restrictions on how many properties you can have financed. You can only have up to 10 properties using conventional financing. And after that, you have to start looking for other avenues for your... How are you defining conventional financing? Conventional financing is anything that's going to be following through the warranted guidelines through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and in one case being FHA for one of those loans. But it's anything outside of a hard money loan, commercial lender, portfolio products, just basically defining as conforming loan limits, conforming guidelines, adhering to the regulations that are dictated by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Got it. So it's limited to 10 properties for that conventional financing. Okay. Yep. And then the reason why that's a benefit is because it's cheaper. You're going to get a better interest rate. You're going to get 30-year fixed money. A lot of people don't realize when they get into investing that most of your financing outlets are not going to be these long-term fixed products. There are some great products that are coming coming about in the marketplace, but they're generally going to be at a higher interest rate. So the best way to get more stable return on your investment and to have that set ROI is going to be coming from working with this type of money. So when someone gets to 10 properties, now they have to start looking for less conventional methods, which can be more expensive. Well, what I've done to kind of sharpen the tools is that we've gone through now and and we're able to identify that these are what defines those 10 properties are going to be conventional Anything that's financed on a residential property, commercial property doesn't count. So if you have a commercial loan, it's not going to go towards that limit of 10 properties. But as you get through, once you have 10 residential properties, we can actually move forward now and I can connect them with commercial loans that will allow them to blanket one loan over all 10 properties, effectively financing that into one commercial loan. Now they get to start all over with that 10 count. So it was a way that I was able to work around and show like, hey, you know what? You're not locked in. We can improve your situation. And that's been really beneficial because people are able to buy more properties now for cheaper money. That was one way, something that we've gone through and made that adjustment. Another thing that would be relevant staying in that line, as I mentioned before, a lot of these plans of action will be based off of the buyer living in the property. We're still not even addressing just straightforward 25% down because with a multi-unit with conventional financing, you generally have to have 25% down once you're no longer going to live in the property. Well, what we look to do now is we've looked to form these partnerships and synergies with other investors. I have clients who will go through and buy a multi-unit and they'll look to put 5% down. Well, they have family members and other people who now want to do the same thing, but they don't have the capital. So they form partnerships with them, which is absolutely 100% legal, in which case they're able to contribute the capital to where now their family or friends can go through and they can purchase this property and they can live in that property. So now they can take advantage of a 5% down program again. Now, in this case, in this instrument, you've got someone who's able to go through and leverage that investment. They've now created an investment strategy where they're helping other people benefit and follow that path, but they're also able to hold on to ownership in those other properties. You know, they're investing capital. They can have whatever investment agreement that they want with those partners, and they're able to branch out and basically leverage their cash even further. So that's another example of something that I've done to kind of sharpen those tools in the shed, if you will. Don't play on my last name. (laughs) (laughs) For the 10 properties that we then roll into a commercial loan, we then can start over at zero 
for conventional financing because we don't have any conventional financing. Real quick, that's true, correct? Yes, that is. Okay. All right, cool. So I think it's important for us to talk about the terms that are typical on that commercial loan so that when we as investors are underwriting our deals and we plan to eventually do a commercial loan, we're underwriting to those terms to make sure the deal works, not necessarily the original conventional financing terms because we're going to end with that commercial loan. So what are the typical terms of that commercial loan? Things are expanding right now. I have partnerships with other banks that handle the commercial financing. I don't actually lend commercial financing at all. I only handle residential financing because it's what I've experienced to be my focus and it's the best way that I can excel at that. But partnerships I've formed with some of the commercial lenders, these will follow a variable type of program. Some of them actually are starting to come out with fixed money that will go through. But as a lot of people may or may not be aware, commercial loans are more about, just as you said, the deal. This is something that's pretty common you'll hear in the investor space is the deal and what the deal looks like. Whereas conventional financing, for that matter, is based off of the personal guarantee and qualifications of an individual. Well, commercial loans are based off of the performance of the deal itself. So what we look to do is, and of course, looking through this, the idea is that if people are holding these properties long term, they're going to want to see a certain return on their investment from what they're looking at. Now, hopefully, they're getting to a point where their positive cash flow and they're looking at something where that deal makes sense. So we look to make sure that our clients are getting involved basically as they're building the building blocks towards amassing those 10 properties. We're making sure that they're in a position where those deals make sense, not only from a residential perspective, but from a commercial perspective, showing that outside of the personal guarantee for the person that the deal makes sense from an equity position. Keep in mind for, for some people, to amass 10 properties can take quite some time. So they do see a greater appreciation through that property, but also can be a matter of what type of deal they got on it when they invested from the beginning. A lot of people probably heard, I'm sure, and probably maybe even said, you make money when you buy, not when you sell. So if someone's got in a position where they got a good price on a property, they see appreciation, whatnot, that's going to help lead to better improvements. But then further from that will be the cash flow on the property. So we'll look to make sure that they're structuring their investments to stay in line from a cash flow or the return on their investment, as well as appreciation on the property and, and paying down the equity on that property. So that way, when they blanket this together with a commercial investor, the commercial investor can look at all 10 properties. And keep in mind, you can even have one of those properties that maybe doesn't have a lot of equity. Maybe it's not even positive cash flow. But when you look at this as a portfolio and you look at all 10 loans, they're going to say, okay, well, based on the group value, there's this amount of equity. There's this amount of net positive cash flow that's coming out of it. So we'll structure it with them to make sure that that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And noted that you focus on one to four units, residential property. So you don't do the commercial loans, but you partner with groups who do. But just based on your knowledge of the commercial loans, just the typical framework for terms, what are they? In the past, it's been more common that they're going to be five-year balloons. A lot of them are 20-year amortization, five-year balloons. Just recently, I've formed some partnerships with some lending institutions that are offering fixed money. They're actually even looking to go into 20- and 30-year fixed terms. Mm -hmm. Interest rates are generally going to be a little bit higher than what you see. If you go for the fixed, long-term fixed, the last structure I looked at was getting into the mid-sixes, which is still pretty cheap. But outside of that, a lot of times you're going to find money, what I've seen, you find money in the mid-5% range on the five-year balloon. 20-year AM, 
but that landscape is changing as well. So I dare say too much because it may be different by the time we even end this podcast. Right. I hear you. What you just mentioned is really helpful just to help set the framework for how we think about the loan package that we will get once we achieve 10 properties or if we have 10 properties now, the type of options that are available to us. I think it better showcases the attractiveness of the conventional loan package. Sure. When you start to look at the normal structure, when you see that the money's cheaper, it's like, okay, well, how do we get the cheaper money first? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Certainly. I love your approach of focusing on how to use the cheap money, which is conventional financing as much as possible. That certainly is key for one to four unit investors. What's a challenge with a borrower that you could not overcome and you could not work with him or her because of it? Qualifying ratios. Unfortunately, with conventional residential financing, we are still using a borrower as a personal guarantor and we're going to look at what we call the ability to repay. And we may be in a position where someone just doesn't make enough money or the property combined ratios with how much cash is generated from the cost of the property as well as that borrower's income is not enough to qualify. That's a problem. Another unfortunate problem that we do run into, credit requirements. This is important to note. When you're dealing with conventional financing, once you get above and you start getting into anywhere between four and six properties or more, you're going to need to have at least a 720 credit score. So that's a huge restriction. Now, getting up to the first four properties, still want to have conventional terms. You still need to have fairly decent credit. So I run into a lot of clients who, based off their entrepreneurial spirit, they've gotten themselves in some situations where the credit's just not as good as they'd like. And that can always be a bit of a deal. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Get started (laughs) right away. (laughs) I think the best real estate advice, if I had to look at that, I would say surround yourself with like-minded people who have found success in these industries. Never turn away from the opinions that are given freely. I think that even though a lot of us are drawn towards the more successful people and more successful mindsets when it comes to any industry, I think that there's something that you can learn from anyone. Because you never know when someone who is a tremendous successor in any of these industries is just getting started. And when you're having that access and free access to their opinions, which may be very valuable. So keep your ears open. Surround yourself with people who are like-minded. And I hate to say it, but don't judge a book by its cover. Just give everyone an opportunity to see what they have to say and make sure you're listening. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Oh, no. I don't know what it is. I'm sure. (laughs) You're totally ready. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. You looking for a one-stop landlording software that helps you create listings, find and screen tenants, and accept rental payments while managing maintenance requests? Oh, by the way, it's zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever. What is your return on life? Do you struggle with investing for a safe return? American Real Estate Investments specializes in passive income real estate investing through single family rentals, private money lending, and international vacation rental properties. Visit them at A R E. IUSA.com. That's A R E I USA.com. Okay, best ever book you've read? Okay, best ever book I read? Millionaire Agent, Gary Keller. 
best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I did was for a client. She was a veteran, was one of the smallest loans I've ever closed. And she broke into tears at the closing table because she was truly that happy that she bought her home. It was the hallmark moment, but I got to tell you, it almost gets me choked up right now even thinking about it. You could tell she was that happy and that felt amazing. Oh, that's great. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction, either as an investor or in your role as a lender? I can tell you personally, one of the mistakes I've made as an investor was purchasing a property and moving on a short sale, assuming that the deal was strong enough and taking the advice without doing the research. It didn't come out to be sour, but it wasn't as sweet as I thought. And I think that was the biggest mistake that I ever made. And it was also the best mistake I ever made because it allowed me to never repeat that. What specific aspect of the deal wasn't up to par? I could have got a better price. The agent I was working with at the time, I took their word for the value and where it was at because it was a short sale and I made the assumption that people assume that you're getting a great deal. It's a short sale. I must be getting it for less than it's worth. I've got my hands in so many different cookie jars right now that I didn't take the time until we were going through the process. The short sale was approved and I got the appraisal and it appraised at the purchase price. And I looked at it and I called the appraiser and said, <laughs> I know this is for lending purposes, but what's it really worth? And he said, yeah, that's about what it's worth. I wanted to be that guy who got the short sale and had $100,000 in equity out of the gate, but yeah. that, wasn't, that wasn't the way it worked. And short sales usually aren't quick either. You probably waited on that for a little while. Yeah, like seven months into it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Great that's not stuff. the worst thing I've ever done, but yeah. it comes to mind. Yeah. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I find the best way to give back is trying to share, as I mentioned earlier, listen to what people have to say, share my opinion. I like to talk. I love people and I love interacting with people. And the best way that I can give back is just trying to be very open and transparent and to be straightforward and talk to people as much as they want to listen and treat everyone equally. Don't treat someone based on what benefit you think you can get from that conversation. Treat someone because you're actually interested in talking to them and if they're actually interested in what you have to say, then please give them that respect and share with them. On that note, how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing? You can feel free to call or email me at any time. You can reach me directly at 312-217-4030, or you can feel free to email me at s as in Sam, sharp, S-H-A-R-P, at rate.com, R-A-T-E.com. Sam, thanks again for being on the show. One of the main takeaways I got is your focus on how to use cheap money, and cheap money is defined as conventional financing. So really, your focus is how do you get your clients in conventional financing as much as possible. And one challenge is once we reach 10 properties, then we are no longer able to do that. So the solution that you discussed is rolling into a commercial loan, and now you're back to zero conventional finance properties, and then you can continue to build from there. The key is for us to have some foresight and know what type of terms we will get with that commercial loan. That way we can underwrite our residential acquisitions according to the terms of the commercial loan and make sure the numbers work there because if they work there, they certainly work with the conventional financing. So thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. What is your return on life? Do you struggle with investing for a safe return? American Real Estate Investments specializes in passive income real estate investing through single family rentals, private money lending, and international vacation rental properties. Visit them at A R E 
A-R-E-I-U-S-A dot com. That's A-R-E-I-U-S-A dot com.